this is, of course, the calling of every single woman who is in the kingdom. And we want to release that and have that come forth. And we don't want any blockages to continue on beyond this point. So we just, I just say that there's many other detailed things that we could repent of, but this is what the Lord has put on my heart to repent of. And I think before we have any, any responses from the women, we need to hear from the other men who are going to say their part in terms of this whole issue and the issue of repentance and needing to walk in the fullness. So we have, I'm going to just turn to Ali Mizrahi, from, who is a messianic lead in Israel and Tel Aviv. And then we'll go to Terry Toplinski, and then we'll go to Dean Briggs. We will turn it over to you if you'd like to unmute yourself and just give a response. We definitely, I totally agree with, with you, what you just shared, Fred, and your prayer. I believe just as uh, Esther was positioned and called by the Lord for such a time as this, that God has placed each one of us in positions. And when I say each one of us, it's not just the men. <laughs> it includes the women, men and women together. He's put us in these positions in our communities, our congregations, our cities, our society we live in, and empowered us with his gifts to help to shine as a light. And he's called us men and women together. Me and my wife, Haya, we are one in the Lord, being a testimony for what he has called us to do. And definitely, and we have done it also in the past, uh, Welcome, King of, Welcome to King of Glory conference we had in, in Nazareth two years ago. It was a time of repentance or replacement theology. But then after that, it was a time that we men repented for holding, stopping the women to be all that the Lord has for them and to release the women to do the work of the ministry and to do all that God has called them to do, to release them and their calling and blessing them. So I definitely support this totally. And I believe this is very important that husband and wife will walk together in partnership totally before the Lord. And that's all, that's all I have to share. Amen. Thank you so much, Avi. Let's go to, let's go to Carrie Toplinski. Carrie, if you would like to just contribute to this and add your comments, please. Sure. Thank you. I have a few things to say, and then I'll pray. The first thing is that Mordecai, it's true that Mordecai is the one who encouraged Esther to come forward in her role. It's also true that Mordecai is the one who told her to keep her identity hidden to begin with. And I think that that, that is something that we don't want our Mordecais to do to women today. We don't want to encourage them to keep their identities hidden. We don't want to encourage them to keep their giftedness hidden. When in the very first chapter of the Bible, God says that in Genesis 1, he says that he created male and female and he called them Adam. And so th that means mankind. It's not the name for a man. It means mankind. And every time that commands Adam to do something like to subdue the earth, to subdue the creatures on the earth, he's, he's actually calling men and women to do that together. And it's clear, it's undeniable that he has given giftedness and talent to women. We know that Jesus said that when 
people don't use the talents that God has given to them, that they will not receive the blessing well done, my good and faithful servant. We don't want that for women. We, I don't want to see the church continue to try and function with one arm tied behind its back. Because I believe that's what it has been doing for a long time. In Galatians, Paul writes that there is no Jew or Greek to God. There's no male or female to God. In other words, in his kingdom, male and female are thought of as the same. And Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think it's very important to see the advancement of God's kingdom in its fullness. We need to not just ask women to forgive us. We need to empower them to walk in the gifts and calling that they have been given by God, because it's to his glory when they do. It's to our benefit, it's to the whole body's benefit, but it's to God's glory when women are walking in the giftings and callings that they have been given. And so, Father, ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would change hearts. Change the hearts of the Mordecais, Lord. Change the hearts of the men to empower, to be like Mordecai. Mordecai was humble. He did not need to be elevated. He wanted to see your plans and purposes accomplished. And so, Lord, we ask that you would enable us to not just welcome, to push forward the silent majority in the body, the women who are gifted but have been who but who have been held back. And so we ask now that you would bless, that you would restore, Lord God, that you would rise, raise up Marys and Elizabeths, the ones who were fully empowered first of all by your Holy Spirit in the lifetime of Jesus, and that we would see your kingdom come, your will be done, and your fullness come. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much, Carrie. Let's go to Dean Briggs. Dean, would you like to unmute yourself and just add your comments to this, please? Yeah. I am very tempted to speak to speak because this is such a tender topic and it would be easy to speak poorly. And the sister that shared right before Fred, you took over talking about the, uh, the meeting where there was repentance and wailing and the breakthrough that happened. I feel a pit in my stomach for the, uh, the sorrows of a generation as compared to the original design, everything worked right and it was beautiful and God designed it. He set up the whole scenario. This is, I think, what's what I would like to say. Uh, and it's almost like I'm saying this to the men, but I'm saying it for the women to listen in. If I was to talk to men, this is what I would say. And I want the women to hear this. the original design. God set it up 
for Adam to recognize his men are two hemispheres, our left and right hemispheres in our brain. At birth, there's a testosterone wash that happens that severs part of the connection. It's what makes men and women distinct biologically, one of the many things. Women have an interconnected set of left and right hemispheres that join logic and emotion, memory and history, and it fuses things that in a man's brain become more divided and separated. And uh, so we can be very task-oriented and also very dense and insensitive and recognizing of the gifts around us. And God set it up in the garden right from the beginning for Adam to realize he was incomplete. It does say, God said, let us make man in our image, male and female. He created them right from the beginning. The divine math was one plus one equals one. One plus one equals one. And yet the, the story as it's told in more detail in chapter two says God brought all the animals to Adam so that he could realize all the animals came in pairs and had a help meet, but he did not. And I believe there's a need in Adam that must be awakened because actually the command in Genesis 1, be fruitful and multiply, take dominion over the earth. I think there was a burgeoning awareness that God designed for Adam to understand he has a commission on the earth that he absolutely cannot accomplish by himself. And that's why the divine math is one plus one. There is no masculine authority in the earth without feminine authority. There is no masculine expression of a multi-generational reality without partnership and love and abiding trust with a woman who it creates this circle of honor. Which comes first, the male or the female, the man or the woman? It's a cycle that you can't ever really say Except at the very beginning, the woman came out of the man, but from that point on, the man comes out of the woman, and then the woman receives from the man, and it comes over and over again, a cycle which we could never look at one another and say, I have no need of you. And I think in the one new man reality and in what God is doing, and we all have this conversation these days about white privilege or black privilege or female privilege, or, and we're all, we're all finding language for division. But the original privilege that is under threat more than anything else in the earth is human privilege right now. The enemy is absolutely trying to destroy the image of God from the earth. It's happening in all kinds of expressions, and I won't go into that, but it touches at the heart of what fully expresses God's image, and that is male and female. I believe one new man at the root is Jew and Gentile and male and female. And I think there is a glorious uprising. Adam had to wake up to see his bride. Adam had to wake up. He was put into a sleep. And I think it speaks of possibly a dullness that men can have that causes them to, he went to sleep alone, but he had to wake up to union. And I think there is an awakening that is happening. I just, uh, as I know you guys are, probably going to talk about this, but Psalm 68, the Lord gives a command and great is the host of women who proclaim the news. There are days coming where the unique authority and grace of women, the restorational creativity, the identification and emotional complexity of a woman is going to bring intercession, 
and healing in places a man absolutely can't. I'm here with Lou Engel, who had a powerful dream in Estes Park a few years ago. And in the dream, it was a Psalm 68 kind of dream. I won't go over it all. There was an Esther dimension to it. And in the dream, he got to a point where the book of Esther was being opened. And a voice pointed to a passage and said, that word there is Nazgul. And Lou woke up immediately knowing what the dream was about. It was about a, a, an attack of darkness and Esther being key. And that word Nazgul, for some of you who may be J.R.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings fan, in book three and move, there's a powerful scene. The Nazgul are the witch kings that are destroying the world of men. And in the final battle, they come and they are about to, they're ruining, they're destroying the armies of men. And they face one soldier wearing a helmet and they tell him, stand down. No man can kill a Nazgul. And she takes off her helmet and lets her hair fly free. And she says, I am no man. And she pierces him and destroys him. There are epic battles in these days that if we are going to exercise our command for dominion, men and women have to love each other like never before. Men and women have to cherish each other like never before. We have to humble ourselves and trust one another. And that's what I would say to the men. And I want the women on this call to hear my heart in that. And now to you, I say, please forgive us that we haven't done that. We haven't done that with our wives. We haven't done that with our daughters. We have had a patronizing or condescending attitude towards your place when it comes to the real work. And the boys club has got to be shattered. God is doing something. The full image of God will be manifest on the earth. And it will look like men and women walking in perfect harmony by the spirit of the Lord joined together. Adam woke up when he woke up. He said, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. There was no separation. He was looking at himself, only a better version. Let me assure you, he was happy to be looking at a better version of himself. And so, women, I just bless you. I bless you. Great is your host to carry the good word. Great is the host that will proclaim what the Lord is proclaiming in this hour. Let a host of Deborahs arise, a host of Esthers, a host of Ruths, a host of Marys, a host of women by the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Dean, Thank you so that, much, Dean. I don't know. I just want to call us to attention right now. I feel the urge. What we just heard is the voice of Mordecai calling us to attention. And Father, I thank you, thank you Lord. for the Mordecais, for their wisdom, for their strength, for their endurance. And we say, Father, we need them. We're crying out, we need them on the wall. And we invite you into this process of building up the spiritual walls of the nations, God. I, mean, I can't go any further in this without repenting myself of holding back, of being fearful. And Father, I pray right now that all of us take this stance as Esther, whether male or female, that we come out of the shells that we've put ourselves in or that others have put us in and come face to face with you. Would your finger point to our hearts?
and release us from those hidden wounds that prevent us from standing in our full authority in you. Therein lies the healing of the nations. And Father, we just commit ourselves, and I just want to say this, and then somebody else come in, please. Father, we invite Esther and the Mordecai anointing into the watch. We need, I say this from a place of brokenness, and knowing that we all have our areas where we need Christ's strength. That today would be a day of great unveiling for us personally. With you, God. With you, Jesus, that we would meet you face to face and the inner workings would line up with heaven for a fresh healing and a fresh release. There is such a release, of, I believe, behind this of a fresh voice of the prophetic to be released upon the nations to bring heaven to earth. And it's a united voice between men and women. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sue. Avi and Haya, you had your hand up there for a minute. I don't know if you wanted to, to jump in and say something at this point, but please, please feel free to do that. Everything that's been said is so precious. And my daughter was listening here and she made a couple of points that I thought was precious. She said, Ema, who are the Mordechais? And during this thing, I looked at her and I said, men of God. And then she just said, she said, Ema, this is wonderful, but all this needs to be taught. And I, she's right. And people will need to be discipled this. And one of the things that in, in this point about Mordechai from the very beginning, this is who God kept bringing me, even though we all love Esther, but Mordechai told Esther exactly what to do. And when you think about it, she was not going into a nice situation. It was pretty bad. Talking about the state of women. But she listened to him and she received counsel from him. And she even heard and received the things he was saying. And it's interesting because when she revealed that he was her relative, every day he would come and check on her. Every day he would come to see how Esther was doing because of this deep care within his heart of what was happening to her. And God saw his heart and saw Esther's heart to both of them together to give her favor. And, but it was with, I believe that it was the heart God saw of a man who loved him and a woman who loved him. And he received a signet ring she honored him and gave him the to run the estate and she honored him and he walked went out with blue and what uh, robes these beautiful robes to he was honored in who he was she honored him and women are hungry for the mordechais and i think some and there have been times i think that maybe we haven't always been on as women honored the mordechais and so that I would like to ask God to forgive me as a woman. And that I would like to ask the Lord 
to release the men of God to be Mordecai's in the kingdom of God, that they will be released to all they're supposed to be. I know in our society now, everyone's identity in the Lord, our, who God has made us, is all being squashed. So as a woman, I just want to ask the Lord that this, these Mordecai, the men of God will be Mordecai's in the kingdom, and that a woman will not have to say, who is Mordecai? Where is Mordecai? Just God, I really desire that God releases all the women into the call. I feel as we honor the Lord, the Lord, we honor our, the Mordecai. Mary had something so key when she said, we obey the Lord, and then we walk in love and compassion, and then we walk in humility. And how she had that understanding that she needed Mordecai's. And we did, because that's the way God made us. And with that is also working correctly, then we also can be who we are in the kingdom of God and do the things God wants us to do. Because I know if we ask the Lord and we walk in obedience to what he tells each of us as a woman, we will walk into that that call and that plan with our hearts. And I just want my heart to be a right heart as a woman towards men. Just like I desire for a man to have a right heart towards me. And I just want to, I also want to just say I forgive the things that you said, Fred and Carrie, and also the other gentlemen and Avi. And I want to say I forgive you when you have stopped for just an understanding of how men were supposed to be in the church or whatever, in believers and women. I just want to say, I forgive you and I ask you to forgive me when I haven't honored and respected the counsel and the covering and the protection that God has intended men to give us. And I just ask the Lord that he will cause each of us to walk in his way and understanding towards one another. And I like the shoulder to shoulder. Amen. Okay. Amen. Uh, thank you so much for, for what you said, for those comments. And we, as men, we, we receive your forgiveness and we forgive you for not honoring men the way that, that you feel like you should have. And I think that your comment about that this needs to be taught, that the whole issue of, of Mordecai's and Esther's and how to honor women and how women and men need to come together as full partner. You're absolutely right. That needs to be taught. I think that's really a imp very important thing. I mean, did you want to, did you have some comments that you wanted to say? Okay. I think that I'm Susan, I'm really aware that we're despite having an hour and a half, we are coming to the, we're coming to the end of our time here. So it's, we, I think that people have, thank you for the comments that people have made in the chat. Please keep those coming because we're not, we, with close to 200 people on the call here, there's no way we're going to have an opportunity for everybody to share. Susan, um, what? Go ahead. I think we have to recognize that there's a spiritual door that has been opened here. Yeah. There's been an unlocking of hidden things that are going to come forth. And let's praise God because that is what needs to happen. I believe this, what this 
we thought it was God's idea, and it's really God's idea as we're walking through this. But I see this is key for the fullness of the ecclesia. If we're going to have full governmental authority, women need to be able to walk in that governmental authority. And it's not to rule over men. It's to come forth in humility and break the assignments of the enemy. And men and women together, we can't do it alone. And there are vast gaps on the wall where men are needed, and we desire that. But it's also key to revival. And I guess maybe it's my the physician side of me, but I feel that if we start getting this right, this is just the beginning. We're opening a vast door of a journey. And this is an invitation to a journey into health and wholeness. And I believe that if we get this right, if we, I don't think any of us have the handle on it, quite honestly. We just knew to do this to be obedient to the Lord. But listen to this. If the body of Christ gets this right, I believe it will be key to healing the gender dysphoria that we're all facing out here. And it's a covenantal issue to God. We're returning back to the covenantal foundational issues to God. So Father, we just yield into this. And I guess this is what Fred and I were talking about that wrecked us before we even started this. But in fact, maybe you do it better than I do, but I feel like God is saying to each one of us to consider this. For who knows if you have not been called to the kingdom for such a time as this? Will you come out of the grave clothes? The things that have tried to bury you, to intimidate you, to silence you, to keep you oppressed, will you come out? Do you see the finger of Jesus pointing? at you. The hidden wounds will be exposed, but then they'll vaporize and you'll see Jesus face to face. Amen. I just want to say this as we're getting near the close of this time that, and this is so it's so precious to the and I feel like this is what the Lord would have me say to the women on the line and those who are, will hear the hear this, who are tuning into this, and to the women in the kingdom who are called around the world, that you are not second rate. You're not an afterthought. You're not orphans. The king has chosen you. You're his bride. He treasures you. He has a passionate, fiery love for you. You're so important to him that he willingly sacrificed his life for you so that you can walk in the fullness of everything that he created you for. Women of the kingdom, he has truly called you for such a time as this. And we say that this Esther call is going to be released that women are going to rise up in an understanding of who they are and that the Mordecai's, the men of the kingdom are gonna know 
how to, Mordecai did, how to help them to come into the place where God has called them and that we truly men and women in the kingdom are truly going to work together as the example of husband and wife was meant to be. But this is the family of God we're talking about. And we just are believing that 2022 is going to be a breakthrough year in this and that there is going to be a turning over of the tables in the kingdom of God. And we are going to see an outpouring of his spirit like never before. We just declare those things in Yeshua's name. Amen. All right, Susan, at the um, top of the hour let's, here. Let's understand this to seal this, that we are making a statement that the Global Watch is interested in seeing people walk in their fullness, both men yeah. and women. It's a message today, but again, it's an invitation to a journey and know that we're all in this together and we value you. We thank you guys. We thank you for the relationships that are forming across the nations and developing the spiritual walls. And I believe this is a really important part. This is deep on God's heart. Let's put it all. Put it Amen. Amen. So thank you all. We are moving right into Shabbat, International Shabbat. And we are so privileged to have Mizrahi leading us and sharing that with, let's, Susan, are you, Susan, Susan went to get elements for the bread and the wine. So Avi, we're going to just, just turn it over to you. You're, we're also sharing this Shabbat with Amoziat from Iran. And so we are so thankful to be ending this whole initiative with Shabbat. It's totally appropriate. Avi, you do such a great job. At, at leading us in Shabbat, tell, explaining us, the Gentiles especially, what Shabbat is really all about and bringing us into it. Thank you so much. Fred, before we move on to Shabbat, I would like to have this transition and like to ask Karen if you are ready and to lead us in worship. So let's have time of worship and, and singing to the Lord and, and then we'll move to the Shabbat. Okay, so let's have this time of transition. Amen. Okay? Perfect. Perfect. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless the Lord,